Hey yo, welcome back to another episode of the Boom Bastic Cast. Oh my goodness. We got a little change, but still a treat for everybody out there this evening. Uh, the great Alexander Hawk is away shooting a new flick. I believe it's called, um, Werewolves versus, uh, Motorcycles or Werewolves on Motorcycles or something like this. Uh, another Mahal brother venture. I believe he's in Vegas. Doing it big, doing it big. But with that being said, I can't just do the show all by myself. Nah, nah, nah. We got to mark history and have a gentleman come in that he might just be the most frequent guest of the Boom Bastard cast. I don't know when the last time we tallied them up to see who the supreme leader was with uh, overall guest appearances. But I think Billy Coyne right here might be the guy with that. I think you're right. Billy uh, Coyne here. Greetings from the coin. Hope everyone is doing well out there in internet land. Well, right there, you know, as you know, we're doing creature sound effects. That means we, sh- we can only be talking about one, one thing on the show today. You know, Christmas spirit. Yeah. When we knew Billy Coin was going to be on the show, we go, what's a good thing for Billy Coin to talk about on a podcast? First, I guess first and foremost, what podcast are you a part of, Billy? You're, for anybody out there that might be new to the show, Billy is a special effects guru, makeup artist, extraordinaire to the stars, Massachusetts, you know, um, big part of the Boombastic family. I'm podcast master. I think he's a part of two podcasts, right? Yes, there is the Dead Kids of Derry, um, which is um, Maddie's also a part of that. We have uh, Alex, who is, uh, as we said, indisposed because now he's, uh, you know, Reno bound filming. And um, also with uh, Jesse, um, who is my co host on. Blood and Bud, where we just uh, recorded something this week, so we're looking forward to getting back out into the ether. And as well, uh, James Lamont over at uh, 508 Productions. Or it came from the 508. It came. Hell yeah. The Dead Kids of Derry and Blood and Bud. You're a busy man, Bill Coyne. Yeah, and what the hell else is going on? Just, uh, you know, with uh, the Wicked Hollows, the wonderful, fun venture that we have been filming for, Christ, I don't know, it feels like close to a year now. Um, You know, we're like 85% done, and now we're just going back in fairly soon and just preparing a slew of gore effects and fun creatures and, you know, all sorts of oogly-googly stuff for... uh, Wicked Hollows, and um, I am also attached to a production where I'm going to be heading down to New York sometime in the spring, possibly summer, um, with uh, working with some trauma alumni, doing a feature film, playing um, kind of a street urchin, a very not-so-nice person who definitely deserves his comeuppance. Yeah. And... I've heard yeah. of yeah, that's good. You're a very busy dude. The Hollows, I know, kicked off. We started shooting that, I believe, what, either October or November of 23, right? Well, initially, we wanted, like, late July and August, but 
the weather up here in New England. So Basically, it's been was fighting against us. But yeah, we really got into principle. Well, it felt like the beginning of. Uh, well, Bill always October. wanted. Bill always wanted a summer shoot, but we wanted to do the fall. The fall was always an intentional thing because of the foliage. It looks beautiful on the South Shores of Massachusetts at that time of year. So, and as we, what is it, uh, January, what, the 20-something? 23rd, 24th? Maybe 24th? What about January? Today's, what's today? Today's January 26th, I think. Today's the 27th, dude. 27th, my God. This week coming up. time frame must be Starting in February. So we've been shooting the hollows for, what, three months? We took a little break off for the holidays, which is nice. By the time people hear this episode, I don't know exactly where this will fall in. We're just grabbing it because, you know, why not? And Hawk's on vacay, so we'll say, what up? Do it big. Get it, get it, get it, get it. Good. Good. Yeah. I know we had the first day we had the great Shane McCain, insane one. And then I know we had Billy Whedon, which is a name that – you're keeping secret over there, over there, I heard, you know, talking about uh, projects that you might be working on in the future. Yeah, uh, well, Bill Bill Whedon is playing the lead in this project where, you know, uh, I would be coming in. But it's, I really like the story, you know, Billy would be playing like a, almost like a, I don't want to give Billy too much away, but it's just kind of like yeah. the, an old 70s exploitation kind of has, has like that shaft Sort of you can say the name of it, Our Man Funk, or something like that. Our Man Funk is that the t- going title, or is that the official tissue? I think that's the title. I know as is. I don't know if it's going to change, but as of right now, it's Our Man Funk, and Billy Weedens is going to play one bad and one badass. He's going to have bad. Like that Richard Roundtree, like who's the big fluff guy walking down the street? Funk. Any movie that has Chaka Waka is a winner with me. I hope they dedicated the round tree. Richard passed recently. He did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Very good actor. Um, are you talking about Funk? Shut your mouth. Shut so, your mouth. so when we're going to have Bill Coyne on a show, you know, he's a, the horror maestro himself. You know what I mean? I claim to be a big horror fan. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. But I know that Billy Coyne right here is a gigantor. Gigantor horror fan. Uh, when he was born, he came out of VHS of a full moon feature and he grew, he, he fucking blossomed into a boy. He blossomed into a boy and now he's the man we all know and love today. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, I can tell you the ultimate horror about my birth. Oh shit. Yeah. It's not, it's not well documented. I feel bad. I feel bad for my poor mother. Um, my mother's, when my mother's water broke, mm-hmm. I came out four and a half to five days later. Oh, really? Unheard of. Just not healthy. And, um, but here I am. Apparently, you know, I just wasn't ready to, I, I made a, um, I, I, I made a late departure. Who knew all these years later you'd be filling in for the great Alexander Huck on the Boombastic cast? You know what I mean? Well, I think, you know, from one who does listen to the Boom Bastard cast, I think it's nice when there's at least two people just kind of going back and forth. And sure. with Alex going away, I, I wasn't sure, you know, like if you wanted to archive stuff with him or, you know, but I'm thinking, I'm, you know, 
why don't you just have me come in as a backup? It's less stress. You don't need to kind of worry about, you know, really creating a heavy archive. And that way we can do something for the time being with Alex not here, but he will always be here in spirit, even when he's filming. That is correct. He's listening in as well, because if things are said that he doesn't like, he wants us to change them. But we got Bill Coyne with us live in studio. Whenever we get an opportunity to get Billy on the cast, it's always a beautiful thing, whether Alex is here or not. Shout out to Alexander Hawk out there listening in the free world. But uh, we got some creature features. You know, We're going to talk about some of our favorite creatures from films. And like me and Billy were talking about, you know, the term creature is so vast. You know what I mean? There's so many different types of things in there. You got aliens, you got animal crossover hybrid mutations, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think with your creature effects and coming from a background in special effects makeup, you know, we're some of the first people to get hired to start designing, sculpting, um, you know, to see if we can capture what the director is envisioning. So that being said, I mean, you know, sometimes you can, some artists might come up with five, six, seven illustrations or and, and or sculptures or both to yeah. be like, all right, what works? What do you like? And say if it's a title like, I don't know, Gremlins, you know, it's like, all right, we have the script. We kind of need, we have these cute furry things and what are they going to turn into? And, um, but that's the fun thing about just, coming up your, with your own ideas and also pulling from, say, like, uh, pulling from um, nature. Yeah. And, you know, or, or something that's a complete... I've got some nature watch. ones. I, I try to do a little mix of different things, but since, you know, since we're right there, you just brought one up, Gizmo. Gizmo made my list. Uh, you know, one of my favorite creatures of all time. You know, I remember for the in Gremlins Two, I believe it is, where he does the Rambo uh, little gag. Yeah, where he puts on when he does that Rambo gag, dude. He is the coolest fucking thing there ever was. Since sliced bread, Billy. Since sliced bread, I remember even as a young kid just being like, "That's the coolest thing of all time." Well, it's interesting where you went because one of my top ten creatures of all time is in that scene, but it's not Gizmo. It's a spider gremlin. I give spider gremlin was mentioned in my notes too, so we could talk. Spider gremlin, speaking in nature, yeah, has every single element featured in um, animals from all over the globe. Um, All animals. You have fish. You have scale patterns. You have insect uh, the legs. You have primate physiology of you know kind of the torso itself. You have bird with some of the um the way they do the the spikes or the the mohawk in his case. Every yeah, yeah. single animal, uh, you know, is represented in that one creature, and I think that, that spider gremlin stands alone as an incredibly strong creature, beautifully sculpted. Horrifying. Um, it's the first time I really met Steve Wang, who is probably one of the best sculptors in the business. First time I remember having a feeling of actually being scared by the gremlins was the spider gremlin. You know what I mean? The other ones are kind of creepy and stuff, but you feel like something about those multiple legs, the insectoid vibe is definitely hardcore on the, uh, on the scare zone. 
Yeah, and I think in, I think a lot of people are naturally scared of insects, especially with more legs. You know, I mean, I got two insect say, movies on the list. Yeah, I mean, I can't personally. I have a, a lot of friends that are like you know big arachnophobes. I'm not a, that much of an arachnophobe myself, but I fucking hate centipedes. Centipedes just drive me up the wall, literally. Well, they're otherworldly. I mean, you think of like they're they're more like aliens than they are humans. You know what I mean? They are, and you can almost say, like, what are aliens? Insects. You know, deep-sea creatures. You look at octopuses or giant squids. I mean, you see, you know, animals with more, like, you know, even, like, tentacles. Some people think that's fucking terrifying. Yeah, I don't dig that. You know, a lot of those tentacled things, they they pull, they're usually pulling, it's prey into their mouth, into their beak, chopping it up, you know what I mean? And it's... uh. It's like a mashing, like a hard bite mashing of death. You know what I mean? Like if you think about uh, if you get caught up with some octopus and then it fucking pulled you in, snack time on you, dude. That's horrible. That's that's no go. That's no good. It kind of makes you wonder, like if it, if even if it wasn't a big one, you'd rather it be a big one that would just bite your fucking head and torso and you're dead. Imagine like a horror, you know, when it's like just human size and you just got this big suction cup with a fucking mouth attached to you. You can't get off eating its way through you slowly. It's like, ah, ah, ah. What scares you more? Say if you were killed by one 50 foot giant squid or 150 piranhas. What would I go for? If you had to go out, would you rather be taken out by one giant squid or a small, t- small, a bunch of tiny creatures? Like, a, like say, like say, like a, a hundred piranhas. Well, if we're talking, I'm, I'm, I'm probably gonna lean more towards the piranha side on this. If we're talking about the squid, like, because a squid has a beak too, if I remember correctly, very much like a parrot's beak. Yeah. So, like, if it's a matter of that, just slowly gnawing into me until it, like, until I die from loss of blood and pain or jumping into like something where piranha just like it's gonna hurt for a little bit i assume your body would hit some type of shock hopefully what you want to do is you want to have poison ivy so when you jump in and it, you, your flesh is itching when they first start biting you it feels really good <laughs> and you just want to hope that you're dead before it starts to feel really bad you know what i mean i, mean, I, I would I, hope and pray you know, you're getting torn to shreds by those, you know, tentacles before you get to that beak. Yeah. As soon as you get to that thing. I mean, I think strangely, so cephalopoidologists probably yeah. have that fear. Cephalopoidology is the study of cephalopods, which yeah. falls under giant squids. You imagine that beak biting into you. Think of a parrot, but multiply it by, say, 20 to 50. Yeah, I mean the biggest beaks really haven't been d- documented because when when uh, sperm whales eat the creatures, mm-hmm. they can't fully ingest the beaks, so they actually you know it goes through their system. They either throw it up or shit it out, and it wow. comes together, and it looks like the raft from okay. Creepshow too. Oh no, there's a creature for you that's fucking horrifying. That didn't even make my list. I didn't even think of the the goo. The ooze goo from the raft segment of Creep Show Two is definitely a creature I don't want to get down with. But that also falls under like the blob. I do have the blob on my list, believe it or not. 
both, you know, McQueen's version and the 80s version are solid films. I mean, the effects in the 80s version. Yeah. Stellar, you know, really fucking good. The original, they're working uh, with Yellow, but it was experimental times. It was good for and the experimental time. times, you know, you see what hits the wall and works. Groundbreaking. Uh, I want to say that part, the, the, the reboot, the 80s reboot has one of my favorite endings of all time. When the preacher pulls out the little jar with the blob in it, and he's talking about like the end of the world, like how the end of the world's coming. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great um, ending. Very underestimated ending. I love that ending. I'm trying to remember his name. Del something. He is a fucking, you know who he was? He was a famous comedian. Yeah. That works. He, that he started a lot of careers and he was a famous, uh, teacher of, yeah. um, a- acting and comedy as well. Yeah. There's, there's a documentary on the man. Would you say Del, um, the, Del the Funky Homo Sapien? I, I want to say it's Del Tenny, but I, th- I think Del Tenny is... Um, that actually might be it. That might be. That rang a bell in my head when you said that. So but, I, that I, 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 it, there's, His first name is Del, but his last name is kind of like... A, but that blobbery make the ending, I mean, it's just so, like, any... I think we were expecting a sequel. Um, Should have got it. This when when the dude gets sucked into the fucking sink, and then like right, then right after the chick in the phone booth, I remember that moment. That was like that was heavy, when you're like, yeah, 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 give me more, give me more horror shit. You're loving it as a kid. That, that was a great. Booth. That was a great mm-hmm. like segment. That 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 fucking ten minutes or whatever. Because when he goes in, yeah, him going, that dude going into the drain, getting pulled into the drain is probably one of the most fucked up things. I've like one of my favorite horror movie kills, probably if I was to try and boil it down. I love that. It's such a, it, it's so effective where you're like, Oh, ay, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, oh. when, as soon as he reaches his hand in and he just, it's like, it, it's coming. And then when that thing shoots out at him yeah. and grabs him by his head, Oh yeah. Pulls him straight in. That, Gave me nightmares for a few. I remember a few weeks when I was little, and you know that it's weird because I had already been familiar with the Ghoulies because I always think of, whenever I think of pipes and monsters, I always think of those the other slimy little bastards, my buddies, the Ghoulies, and, which they were on my list. Well, it's so you know because the um yeah on my list as well, but in particular part two. The fish ghoulie, because I think he is truly one of the greatest depictions of 80s slimy creature features. I agree with that. And the, and that's, and that was John Beekler, who, you know, was, who, who did this, who, who was the head of those effects. And, um, Peace. that really, I think was like, the, those were the rock stars in my mind. You know, back then, sure. the people at John Beekler's studio, like when they were doing stuff for Charlie Band over in Italy, particularly Gremlins too, because you have Billy Butler who went on to become, you know, a filmmaker, Mike Deke, who was a very well-respected special makeup effects artist, and just so many people yeah. um, on that shoot. It's just, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just one of the better 
Empire, Charlie Band slash Full Moon Ventures when it comes to the 80s creatures. Because there's the killer toy stuff he did, and then there's the creature shit that he did. And that's where he had John Beekler in his corner pocket because he was just revered, you know. I mean, he he was the, the top three. You know, Stan Winston, Rick Baker, John Beekler. I mean, you know, he was really there for making all these wonderful creations back then. I, I got Toxic Avenger on my list, of course. Huge fan. But you, you got to put those both of those Full Moon and Troma together for... You do. Carrying, almost carrying kind of the creature genre for, for many, many moons. Well, I, I think it, uh, w- w- with Troma, there was definitely the, I like to call the meltdown, you know, where you have Toxie, you had Class of Nukem High, you know, really these meltdown, um, you know, kind of literal toxic, uh, creations and the mute or the mute the mutants which essentially they are i was shocked when the cretans even though they're not actually creatures but this the makeup to kind of send across that this was the honor society and now they're turned into a gang and i think class of nukem high even though it's not creature makeup heavy, I, I think by virtue of the design of the Cretans was very different than I've ever seen before in yeah. a movie that was supposed to depict mutants. But, the, but then we got into actual, you know, asymmetry mutations like Toxic yeah. Avenger and, sure. and other things along those lines. Yeah, Toxic's, Toxic's design is a great design. Great. And you got Penis Monster, of course. How can you forget Penis Monster? Wasn't Penis Monster Tromeo and Juliet? Yeah, he's in a couple of them. Yeah. Penis Monster might even have his own movie at one point. I, I wouldn't doubt it. You know, I know it's a prop that they use, they still have, I believe, and they, they use uh, consecutively. You know, another movie comes in the mind from the Troma archives that we often talk about, you know, Charlie Kaufman directed Mother's Day, which is one of the masterpieces that Troma, it's Lloyd's brother, that's how they have it, uh, I'm sure. But Mother's Day, I love it. Was it Sylvie? Sophie? What, what's the name of the monster in that at the end? It's like a half person, half animal. It has that crazy scene where it jumps out and like the fr- one of the best freeze frames. Yeah. Put that freeze frame up with sleepaway camp freeze frame. Yeah. I mean, my mother's day is a very dark. I mean, it's a, it's a dark bleak story and you know, there's two girls that come in and just come into this like world of these, you know, I mean, cannibalistic, you know, uh, mother and sons and just, it's just, uh, it, it evokes, you know, very chainsaw elements. It really and, does. Yeah. And, and, and I think what Charlie Kaufman did is he just really made it. I mean, it's, even it, it's bleak. It's like Bill Mosley, <laughs> chainsaw to Bill Mosley, chop top type characters for the, for the, well, yeah, the, 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 both, the both brothers. I mean, they're, they're loose nerves. Very much. And, you know, I mean, I think Chop Top was definitely a loose nerve. He, he could almost look like Three Finger from Wrong Turn. You know, very much, you know, a loose nerve, like a person you don't want to be around. Yeah, yeah. And especially being misshapen or just having these back of Mother's Day, you know, just these, you know, real inbred, you know. I mean, it's like we were kind of looking at um 
the worst side of rednecks and really well, kind that's, of, that's know, that... making them into the monsters that they are. Well, that's some like real life horror deal because the inbreeding, you know, brothers and sisters and relatives having, uh, doing the horizontal mumbo fucking, you get some kids will pop out that, you know, have, have a couple extra eyeballs or something weird like that. You got to be careful. So, but what kind of pisses me off and drives me nuts is how, like, here in the States, you know, I mean, first and foremost, I'm, yes, I am against it. But, you know, you look at Europe and you look at, you know, like these kings and queens. And, I mean, it, they were, you know, inbreeding back then. Yeah. So, the money to keep their, before they knew, I think that's before they knew, like, the issues with medicine. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, before they knew the issues. Eyes. But then, like, it's it mainly like for, the, you think, like, the Appalachian Mountains, you know, money. And, and, you know, certain places, you know, I, down south or, or even up yeah. north that are just kind of hidden away from society. And it's like, what goes on? You don't Do know. we want to venture? Do we have to venture? Shit, our car broke down. We need to find, you know, uh, reality. That's we- pretty scary. That's like real, real shit. That's why it works. It is. And I, I think Toby Hooper really just kind of, um, you know, lit the fuse with the, the first chainsaw of venturing off the path. I mean, yeah, we have the stories of Hansel and Gretel, but to actually have it be told, um, you know, I, I think Toby was really the godfather of that. Well, Deliverance came out first, right? No, I, I think Chainsaw. Okay, because I was going to say, there's definitely... Those, Deliverance is another great example. Yeah, th- those uh, those two movies have probably paved the way for hillbilly horror forever, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, you know, but they're like, you know, genetic anomalies. Yeah. You, know, you could also look at the Wrong Turn series, which I actually really enjoy. They're fun. Uh, I like the first two. And Joe Lynch. Yeah, well, Joe Lynch. Boy, Joe Lynch directed Bardos, brah. Yeah, and Henry Rollins is also. It's a great, it's a fun movie. It is a fun flick, yeah. Um, The first one, I think what Stan Winston did with uh, the characters um, and saying, hey, you know, these are not monsters. You know, these are, you know, the results of, you know, incestuous inbreeding for generations and generations. And, I have to put the first wrong turn actually in, in here as well, because I think what they did with the whole concept of a gene- genetic mutation, um, three finger scares the shit out of me. Yeah. And I think he's a terrifying, I, I just can't stand those loose nerves. I mean, well, another character I have on this list, um, it's actually the demonic Jack in the box from demonic toys. He, even he's a loose nerve, but you know, when you have these loose nerve characters, there's to be around someone that's just, you know, you don't know what they're going to do next. You know, they're unhinged and they can be your friend or they could be some asymmetrical creature. And it's like, I don't know how to deal with this. It's either fight or fight. You brought up Stan Winston and on my list, I had the great pumpkin head, of course, one Mm. of the greatest, one of the greatest creatures ever made for sure. Greatest monster design. Up there. Yeah. He's, you know, he's, he's definitely in the top five. I also put Leviathan on the on the uh, list, too, which was Stan Winston did the effects for. Now, that's one that I remember seeing on VHS, and the VHS doesn't do the creature the justice because I seen 
I've seen pictures of like what he designed to be. Like I don't, I haven't watched the Blu-ray of Leviathan, which I believe there is one. I've I'll never, let you borrow it. I have it. All right, cool. Because uh, I want to see how it looks because the VHS that I own, you can never. I never really got a good visual of it, but I've seen his sketches or like the models, like the miniatures that he made for it, and it was pretty scary looking. So like, I would love to be able to see it. See it. Well, you know? it's like how we talked about. I mean, there's either. When you make a creature, you can really draw from anatomy, or you can have a real hodgepodge. Yeah. George Cosmatos, the director of Leviathan, also directed Tombstone, I believe. You know, he's a... he's a Father of? I I forget his kid's name. Is it Pamos? I I know he's a good... Pamos or something like that? Yeah. Something like that, but he's a very good filmmaker, too. He's a good filmmaker. But George Cosmatos was a guy who was just... He's like, I'll let you boys do what you need to do. And, um, but Stan is a very meticulous, you know, he, he, to really kind of, you know, he can pull from his crew to help with designs or if he has something to work with. And, um, I think Cosmatos just really wanted a hodgepodge. He really didn't want something that was, you know, beautiful and symmetrical. And I think that threw some of the crew off. You there, Maddie? I'm here. Do you not see me? I thought you froze for a sec. I couldn't tell. No, I'm um, here. Yeah, but that creature, I think, is just, um, I think it's a great fucking design. I would love to own a statue of, you know, the, the Leviathan creature. It's not on my list, but I think it's a very good, you know, I mean, when it comes to aquatic car, I mean, I think Deep Star 6, you know. I, dude, I was just looking it up to see it because I was going to see if that's what I was looking down for, to see if Winston did those effects because I love the fucking creature and that. That's on my list as well. Well, yeah, love, he did Leviathan was... Uh, Winston, and I believe Deep Star Six was Mark Showstrom. I'm not a hundred percent, but yeah, I, I, I I do love that creature as well. I love that whole movie is a is a guilty pleasure of mine. Sean S. Cunningham directed it. I forgot. And it's a great cast. I mean, you have Miguel in there. Um. I'm having a brain fart of the other actors because Miguel Ferrer was just so good in that movie. And he was so just... incredible in it. You got Greg uh, Evigan, Nancy Everhart, Tareen Black. You know, we're talking about Mac, Matt McCoy. How can we forget Mac McCoy? Cindy yeah, Matt McCoy. Marius Weyers. My fucker, I'm talking about Nia Peebles up in this bitch. Nia Peebles, yeah. I'm talking about Elliot Baskin up in this motherfucker. I'm talking about Tom Bray Hodges up in this bitch. You know what I'm saying? Some Ron Carroll up in this motherfucker. But uh, great film. I like even the film itself. The creature is great, but Deep Star 6 is probably, I'd probably have to say my favorite underwater horror flick. You know, and I know that's going big against Jaws and stuff. Oh, it is. Well, are, are you familiar I, with, I don't know um, if I'd go that far, actually. Are you familiar with uh, the other one I, that came out around that time? Um the Rift, the one that uh, John Pierre Simon he directed pieces. Are you familiar? Yeah, with yeah. I'm familiar with. I own it. I could not tell you anything about it. I I don't even know if I have watched it. So, but well, I'm funny. I, I didn't know because when Ray Wise was at Rock and Shock, I I I asked him because he's in the movie. Yeah, I said, uh, you know, how did this whole thing with uh, Juan uh, directing this thing? And he's like, oh well, he's married to the De Laurentiis. And uh, that's why he was able to, you know. That makes sense. And I'm like, because I had no clue that um, he married into the De Laurentiis family. 
It's a good move. It's a good business move, they say. So let me see. A special effects were done by T. Doe Albin. Let me try and find the creature guy, John Blake. Um, Everett Burrell. Mm-hmm. Everett uh, Burrell. He worked over at K and B. He's been on the business. He directed. He actually uh, designed the, the Denny Gordon. Things, I think. Oh, Robert Kurtzman. That's probably who you were thinking about. K and B. Rick McCullen. Yeah, K and yeah, Greg Nicotero. Yeah, there's like 20 people doing special effects on the well, Mark Showstrom. Yeah, you got it. Special effects supervisor, Mark Showstrom. Yeah, he's, he's the supervisor on this year. We still got him, dude. He's legendary. He'll be a he good is. for the cast. He was one of my, uh, well, he, 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 he was one of the, t- the teachers at yeah. the make designery when I went to school out there. And even though he wasn't one of my teachers directly, I talked to him a lot about makeup effects and, um, you know, it's wonderful hearing stories. He told me some stories uh, about Evil Dead too, which I just really wanted. I, I couldn't get enough of. Hell yeah! He actually signed my copy of, of Evil, Evil Dead, Dead too. Of Evil Very Dead cool. too. I'd love to talk to this dude now. Remind me to reach out. But yeah, I support that heavily. Um, next up, I had to have the the Norris monster, of course, from the thing. I think is one of the greatest creatures of all time on a film. Uh, well, the thing is just the movie a, is a masterpiece, but it I is a masterpiece, but it's also a masterpiece of practical makeup effects and how yeah, to yeah. shoot them. Um, you can make a creature <laughs> perform as good as it can, but if you don't know or if you don't have good people that know their lighting, um, to you know make it lit so you don't see you see enough of it, of course. I think less is more uh, when it comes to creatures because, but the thing is the creature had to be there in the forefront. So Rob, I imagine was scared shitless when he took on this project, knowing of how big it is. And he eat, slept and breathed this production. Cause it was just a, I mean, this was just a, a massive project Yeah, and he, he did get a little sick and um he had to go to the hospital and um he didn't need some help and you know he had a wonderful relationship with Stan Winston so Stan Winston came in and they helped with the dog thing but with so but with what Rob was doing like with the the Norris monster you know and, and that effect i mean i think that image is just ingrained in people's memories when they sure. when they hear the thing that in the, the 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 wormy tentacles coming out of the dog those are the two you know the dog effect is fucking incredible too the movie is incredible i decided to pick one effect throughout it you know but the movies the thing is john carpenter's the thing man greatest sci-fi movie ever made i think i think it's just okay. one of the top 10 best movies of all time personally i mean you know sci-fi Carpenter's horror movie. yeah well, John Carpenter is just—it's my dude. I love Car. I love what he says. He's like, in the French or in France, I'm an artist. Yeah, yeah. In Germany, I'm an auteur, or maybe it's vice versa. In the U.S., I'm a bum. That's true. And um, there's a poignancy in that. I completely understand it, but it still doesn't take away from the fact. Here's a guy who. Is incredibly talented when it comes to, you know, directing. 
Yeah. And, um, definitely speaking of John Carpenter, um, creatures, big trouble in little China. Um, I think is a great fantasy movie. Um, and when it comes to visual effects, uh, you know, when they have to, you know, in their infancy, when they were really optical effects, um, I think of that eye creature towards the end. Yeah. And that's a great one. Yeah. And that eye creature I put next to Slimer from Ghostbusters because go, because, because Slimer did it first only by a few years though. And that was, you know, Steve Johnson and, you know, his incredible team helping. I wonder if that was an influence, if Slimer was an influence on that eye. Like, if they were like, we need a Slimer in this movie. Well, I think they needed, like, a watchdog, essentially. But, and, yeah. and by design, being an eye, I think it just... It's a natural watchdog, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like the annoying um, kids on bikes and uh, demonic toys. I mean, they're not ghosts, they're just watchdogs. Yeah. But, the mouth of madness comes to mind with creatures. Yes, the old lady. The old lady is the most memorable creature of that. Yes. Lovecraftian, very great classic. Much love to the good, the big guy, John Carpenter. Well, um, I was going to mention Lovecraft too. Of course, how could you not? You know what I mean. Um, Tremors, I put on my list. I know that not too long ago, me, you, and the great Alexander Hawk were at the Bull Moose in Salem, Mass, getting some movies. And not too long ago, you mean not, last weekend? It just depends that. on the viewer and being like, "Oh, that's true." And when they hear it, last weekend could be four years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tremors, the Alexander Hawk picked up that like nine, what nine disc. Yeah, seven does. Yeah, seven. I came this close seven. to being a jerk and swiping it away from him and give him the other one. There was a little something going on, but I don't know. Maybe yeah, that's where I, Alex is right now. Beat yeah, well, Alex is doing good for himself. He's in Vegas filming. Yeah, watching Tremors. Hopefully, yeah, that's watching a, Tremors. He got the he got seven movies for under seven dollars, if I remember correctly. So you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, and I picked up a shit ton of stuff um any creature features you pick up any creature features oh tales from the dark side man hey you know uh tom tom savini's uh lit lizzie yep um from inside the closet with uh fritz weaver uh man i have only seen the show a handful of uh, a handful of episodes when i was younger and I've always known, I've known about it. I've gone to plenty of conventions for the past 20 years. I, so, I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with it. I really am. And I'm like, okay, well, let's just dive into this. And when I first went to Tom Savini's program, I didn't know that he did that show. I, I, I remember that creature, Lizzie, gave me nightmares. I mean, I, I really wasn't intimidated by a lot of, you know, when I went to orientation. And just kind of soaking it all in. But when I saw Lizzie, I'm like, man, that thing gave me fucking nightmares. And he, did the, he did the movie, right? Just not the TV show? No, he did the TV show. The movie okay. was, the movie was KMB. And actually, Mike Deke, who we just mentioned, he played the gargoyle in Lover's Vow. Uh, that, that, 
that one, whenever she goes, you promised that always. Oh, that, that I was, mean, that dude, that's that, what's ingrained in my mind. When yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. You was, know, you promised, and you know, gorgeous Ray Don Chong just yelling at Jimmy Remar. Yeah, I mean, you your heart breaks because don't break this promise, and then the. When that gargoyle start, oh, I mean, that's another yeah. creature. I mean, I, I mean, I think that creature by KMB is up there with what you know Stan Winston's people did with Pumpkinhead. Yeah. Um, it's a great fucking. I, mean, I actually just ordered. Uh, I think it was from Gutter Garbs. Um, I got a hoodie of Tales from the Dark Side the movie. Classic. And that was that a Romero? Did Romero do Tales from the Dark Side? Or he produced it or something. I know that he got, he was executive producer on all the. I, th- I think his name. Movies. I think his name is on it. I could. I don't know if he did a segment or if he directed it. But I know that his. I can get an answer. Hold on. All right, cool. Because I know all the sequels for the movie. Because the movie has like four or five sequels to it, and of course the television show. But the sequels are all. He's executive producer on all the movies, sequel movies. You said Romero, right? George A., brother. Yeah, I, I know. I, I almost forgot. I listened to the commentary on the pilot episode. Of Is he New in Mexico. there? Is he on there? He's he 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 did a commentary. Yeah, he's all right. Cool. A commentary on a couple episodes, or I, the only the pilot. Oh, word. Yeah, because I'm pretty positive he directed that movie, the, the original movie. I could be wrong though. I, I think it was a series of different directors for different segments, but I think Romero might have been one of the directors. He might have been. I know he he was. I know that he was the big wig on that project enough to carry into the sequels that his name still held weight as a producer. Yeah, and you know, you know, because even like Romero, you know, going into what we're doing with creatures, um, I mean, I, I think with Tom Savini, uh, Fluffy. Fluffy, uh, dude. Fluffy, magnificent, horrifying. One of the, yeah. I gotta put that up there with some of the most realistic effects, like right up there with the thing effects is what in Creep Show as a kid, I remember being like, well, how the fuck did they do that? You know what I mean? Like, I was like wowed by the Fluffy character. What's that one called? The crate? Yeah, the crate. The, um, very scary. Like when he bites that dude's neck, that shot of him biting the neck. That chunk, man. It's just oh. like, whoa, dude. Tom Savini is on a whole different level. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. I mean, Tom knew what he was doing. I mean, you know, he always talked about misdirection whenever he, he was there, if not an orientation. He, he would pop. I guess Tom doesn't go into the school as much as he used to, but when I was there, Busy guy. he would, he would be in, a, like, there like once a month and he would talk to, you know, students and, you know, really mentor and look at sculptures. And, you know, I would talk to him about the concept of misdirection. And he's like, well, it's vital to special makeup because you just want to make what you need and hopefully not much more. Right. You know? And, I remember I also heard the same thing from John Beekler on uh, From Beyond. And another one of my favorite creatures is the Dr. Pretorius monster. Yeah, yeah. When you first see him, because he does evolve, but when he's in the suit and you you first see him, I think that creature makeup is 
you know, Lovecraft, as we mentioned as well, just an unsettling visual with, with a solid performance by Ted Sorrell, whose uncle was actually Jack Pierce, who is one of the greatest monster makers of all time. Because yeah. he, you know, did all the worked, did all the Universal stuff, Frankenstein's monster, and many, many more. And Frankenstein, yeah. I think, is another monster that is worthy of mentioning. He's in my top five. Frankenstein's oh, yeah. Frankenstein's creature, I think, is one of the most beautiful one pieces. Of the, you know, of, also um, creature of the Black Lagoon, of course. Yes. While but you are have, in Lovecraftian, though, and from from beyond, I got to throw in. Um, Bucket was on my list there. Uh, Slither. John mm. Gun Slither was a fucking great creature. You know, also Color Out of Space comes into mind. You know what I mean? These Lovecraftian horror films, you know, good shit. Nobody does creatures better than the Lovecraftian kind. Well, the Lovecraft, it's interesting because he never went into like specifics with a lot of his creatures. He always talks about the otherworldly, horrible, disgustingness. A lot of adjectives, but he doesn't give a lot of specifics because he likes to keep it in your head, yeah. But I think, um, I mean, Dagon, Stuart Gordon, another one, um, was, I can't remember if it's DDT or DTT, who's the makeup effects house in Spain, who was doing stuff with Brian Usna. And, um, but I mean, you know, you, you can't go wrong when you have Stuart Gordon and Lovecraft together because, yeah. up, or, or even Jeffrey Combs Correct. and Lovecraft. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. I mean, they go hand in hand. They're like, they're like peas and carrots. They're like peas and carrots. Follows. Jenny. <laughs> With Tremors, did we get deep into Tremors? Because Tremors is fucking magnificent. You I know? do love Tremors. Go more into detail. We'll def- we'll, we'll, let's do a I'm Tremors. Ba- I'm ga- you know, I, I think that's one of my favorite creature films because go- the only thing you could you could you could say maybe it's an alien um, or a mutated worm, you know what I mean? But I mean, it's definitely into the category of a creature where you can't exactly put, you know, you can put your finger on a Dracula or a fucking yeah. zombie or whatever, but, you know, or alien, well, of course. I think that's one of the brilliant things about Tremors yeah. is the fact that you don't know. Yeah. And I, I think when Brent Maddox and his partner, I forget his name, but when they wrote the script, they were like, it can only come from one of four places. You know, the government made this thing, outer space, it's mutation. Or it's always been there and we've never known about it. Yeah. And so I think when they broke that down and they were like, you know, Galen Hurd, who, you know, uh, part of uh, James Cameron, uh, they were married for a while. You know, she looked at this and said, you know, wow, this reminds me of like my Corman roots. We can, I think we can make this for, you know, um, not a lot of money, but I think we can do some really cool stuff, you know. And she roped in people like uh, uh, the uh, the Skotech brothers, who were amazing at miniatures, and you know yeah. Tom Wood, Tom Woodruff, and uh, Alec Gillis, who uh, were Stan Winston's studio alum, and they went off to do ADI. And this was one of their first 
big movies. And so Galen Hurt, I have to give her a lot of credit for Tremors. You know, she helped build a lot of careers. And, you know, Evo Cristante, um, who was, I believe, the cinematographer, um, you know, it was just amazing camera work, you know, and there was this, but the designs of the Tremors, I love how they really went to nature. And yeah. they were like, you know, they're like killer whales underwater, you know, but we need to make it like with worms. Yeah. And you know, what else can we do? And a lot of the production illustrations beforehand, it was incredibly phallic looking where it looks like a, almost like a crawling dick, you know, like a crawling like dick slash. But, you know, they said that they didn't want to recreate what had been done for Dune because of how the, that mouth opened. So... But then went the killer whale approach where this yeah. thing was like a barrel, you know, almost like a beak on it. And, um, I think the design of that creature, it's, it's definitely in my top five. Yeah. I agree with that, man. That's a classic flick. The, you know, I found the ass and it's like, uh, the first one's classic, you know, maybe you you might even be able to get maybe two, maybe three sequels in. You know what I mean, and still have. I love the second one. I haven't I haven't watched any of the newer ones that are on Hawks compilation. There, like the, the, there's there's been two made that I haven't seen. I think maybe even three. Watch the series. Um, there was an older series, and then they tried to reboot it. Didn't it? Wasn't there supposed to be a Kevin Bacon one? But there was one back in the day with the dude, right? With um, it's actually really good, dude. I watched the one with the dude and his wife, Michael Gross. Michael Gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched that. I love Michael Gross. I think he's the shit. I think he plays these characters that are. uh, That's definitely his best character. He's usually playing a weaselly fucking dude. Um. I think I have a movie with him where he's like from the seventies or eighties after school special where he's all. Yeah. He did a made for TV movie. You get the name of it. Is it called cocaine? No, it's, um, I'm having a brain fart, but it's, it's, you know, it was just Michael Gross is a really good actor, man. I appreciate him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but to me, he'll always be the dad on family ties. That's a but big move for him, really. and that and that was a big move. But I think to go to the character of Burt Gummer and really keep the longevity of the series alive, I thought Fred Ward was going to be attached a little longer after part two, but I guess not. But I think he thought so too. Yeah, but I, Michael Gross has kept that franchise. It's a fun series, man. And yeah. I, I, I love the d- different designs of the different creatures, you know, because they talk. It's an evolutionary thing. You know, and we uh, witnessed the evolution, you know, of the Tremors. It's fun. Yeah, Bert kind of did steal the show. Bert was like the Urkel of that movie, where he eventually almost became bigger than the movie itself. Like, as long as you had Bert, you didn't need even the Tremors in the fucking movie. You just yeah, well, it's Bert. almost like the character of Charlie in um, Critters. Right. Classic. I mean, he was in all four, and, you know, I think the Critter designs are... Christ, one of my favorites as well. I had critters on the list. I had critters on the list, you know. I mean, I love the space critters. Yeah. I love the Kyoto Brothers work. Killer Clowns Motor Space is favorite movies of all time. That's the thing with the clowns. I had the clowns on the list, but I didn't bring them up yet because I was going to hold on to them just because it's like, like I was saying, with the tremor, it's like it's a creature, dude. You can't explain that as anything else. 
a killer clown from out of space. It's an alien, of course. It's an alien or it's a clown. It's a killer clown. You know, it's not exactly a creature when it can it's be a defined. killer clown from outer space. Holy <laughs> shit. Doing Holy John smokes. Holy <laughs> shit. No, it isn't John Vernon go. Holy shit. No, he does. But yeah. the TV edit is so fucking funny. It's Holy some of the worst dubbing. Shoes. Yeah. yeah. Holy smokes. When you clearly, he says shit. Yeah. You know, the insane clown posse, it took them to the six Jokers card to actually sample that movie, which it's like, you'd assume that would be from the get go, killer clowns from out of space. And that's what they use. They use the killer clowns line. Oh, then the holy shit. Yeah. But classic masterpiece. Another film that has a very, that kind of has a blobby vibe to it too, I felt. You know what I mean? They're both kind of in that weirdo world. Oh, it's totally a blob vibe. Totally. I mean, it, 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 it starts the same way as the, you know, the blob starts, you yeah. know, with a couple at make out point. Ooh. Flying star, and it's like, whoa! I bet that's a million things of miles away. What do you mean? It's over the hill. Let's go check it. I mean, all they needed was, I mean, the homeless man. You have Royal Dana. Oh yeah, this time around, and Pooh Bear, and uh, you know, I mean, but there's a lot of cool similarities. I mean, Killer Clowns. I could talk hours and hours about. If we want to do a special. Down the road. Of Next just- anniversary, we'll do. We'll dive deep into the killer clowns from out of space. You know, when you bring up killer clowns from out of space and the tents and stuff, and people, you make it. You talk about people making out at Lover's Point. Uh, Night of the Creeps automatically pops into my head, and I love the I love the alien vibe that they have in the beginning when they're just. Oh, yeah. like, and then when they come turn into the slugs, they're really creepy too. You know what I mean? Which we brought up Slither. Slither is just a reboot of Night of the Creeps, pretty much. But both I have them. always felt that way, but I'm not going to take anything away I'm, from James Gunn because no, it, he'd, he'd say it. If he couldn't admit to it, then he's a, he's a damn liar. No, I mean, no, both movies are great. Both movies are great. I'm not saying anything. Yeah, no, that. but I mean, James Gunn admitted that it was the Hen and Lauder movies. Um, it, it was, I believe, Night of the Creeps. He does, he did mention that uh, specifically, I remember hearing. Um, well, basket I, had the, I had the fortunate opportunity to watch Slither in the theater before yeah. I, its yeah. final cut. Oh, and, I can't say that. And, and James Gunn was in attendance. Very cool. Um, I didn't get the chance to meet him, but you know, I remember when I saw him talking, I'm like, man, he reminds me a lot of my cousins, just very personable, you know, really good talker. Yeah. And so I don't know. I mean, <laughs> James Gunn is just a, I love his shit, man. I mean, you know, the, he, he, with all the Marvel stuff he's done, you know, and the, the whole Peacemaker series, he's really kind of turned into one of my favorite filmmakers in recent years. And I know he has roots going back with trauma. It's not just because of that, but I love his concept of visuals. And he's, he's just a great storyteller. My favorite part of him is that he has trauma with he has roots with trauma. He's an indie dude like all of us horror fan, exploitation film fan that you know, move I think he moved he he moved from middle America. I think he showed up on the doorstep of trauma and just worked there and you know, if you're willing to work for free, 
you can kind of maybe not so much anymore. They'll still let you work for free. But back in the day, dude, you would be able to climb the ranks a little bit better. Um, not to say they don't have their favorites that they like to promote these days more than other folks. But back in the day, I think that if you were in there, if you were there and you were willing to work more, you might be, uh, you'd probably excel a little more. But a lot of, you know, Eli Roth kind of had those ties, you know, Trey Parker, Matt Stone were in trauma. Um, so like, yeah, it's kind of just, we, I, we, we did a episode of, um, nail show there without your head. And I remember talk Lloyd was on there for the B doc. We did a B doc segment. Lloyd was there and Kevin Van Henrik of basket case, which I mean, every Frank Hennon Lauder movie is a great creature feature, but I remember telling Lloyd that it's just like, uh, he agreed with me. I'm like, you know, Trauma's, it's like punk rock, you know what I mean? That's kind of yeah. what it is, you know, and everybody I mean, kind of likes to have their roots in the underground. Yeah. I'm a huge Hen and Lauder fan, and it's so hard oh. to ask me, what's my favorite Hen and Lauder movie? And in Breeze, and it changes every few years. Well, and Creature every, movie. In, in every single Creature movie. Um, BD. I think, I think Elmer. BD, like I said. Brain damage. I gotta is, say, BD, yeah. Not bad, Dave. Brain damage. I think brain damage is probably yeah. it is my favorite Ken Lauder movie as of right now. You got Frank and Hooker as a Frankenstein. I love Frank and Hooker. You, know, you have all the Patty bad Mullins. Patty Mullen is one of my favorite people in the universe. She's so incredibly sweet. James Lorenz is the man, dude. A fellow guest of this show, the Boom Basticast. James Lawrence, and he's he's the man. Great. Everybody go peep that episode if you haven't peeped it before on the YouTube of Boombastic Media. Or catch yourself on Patreon at Boombastic Streaming. Boombastic with two O's. And you catch all the uncuts. You might want to catch yourself that $10 perk to have that whole entire archive of everything ever released. Or just get the first branch and dive into the new stuff. But Lorenz is the man, Hedden Lauder is the dude. You know, Cronenberg should, I have Gre- the Grendel Fry. Brendel Fry was on my, uh, was on my list. You know what I mean? I, well, yeah. I, uh, that, that was Chris Wayless. He, and he did Gremlins and, um, a lot of great stuff. But, you know, I think that, that makeup, um, the fact that they were the first title card. Um, when the movie ended, uh, yeah. Chris Wayless, they got a standing ovation at, at the cast and crew screening yeah. that Cronenberg leaned over to Wayless and I said, I think you're going to be winning the Oscar for this. Hell and, yeah. he, and he did. Oh, yeah, he should have too. Fantastic. Chris Wayless was also courted because of the success of the first Gremlins to come back to part for the, for the sequel, but he was busy with doing the fly part two. And then they went to Rick Baker and said, Hey, you know, do you want to do these Gremlin, this Gremlin movie? And he said, well, I really don't want to work with somebody else's designs, which is completely understandable. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that they also had this sub element of the genetics lab um, really gave carte blanche to what these gremlin mutations were going to look like and the character design of the Mogwai so they didn't look like Gizmo and I think for the Mogwai 
my one of my favorite personal design is um, Lenny, the Bucktooth Gremlin, and I think yeah. I, I think in the Gremlins franchise, he's probably one of them to me just as recognizable as Gizmo. You know, when you get into light lighthearted creatures, you gotta you do like Harry from Harry and the Hendersons has to be in there. Even like Zool from I loved Zool. When when you see Zool on top of the building, and the dogs were great, Stay Puffs great, but the look, the bubble lady, I believe her name was Zool, if I remember correctly. You're looking at me like I'm weird. I'm pretty sure it's there is no Dane only Zool. Um The Bubble Lady looked fantastic. What that's a crazy creature, you know what I mean? Ghostbusters, I think, was and is a great fucking movie. Um, I yeah, think, I think the creatures, but they did a boss films, Richard Edland and Steve Johnson. Um, yeah, it's it might be considered hokey now. Oh no, but that movie works on so many levels. It's it's to me, I think it's one of the greatest. Same thing with like Ninja Turtle. I, I grew up on that movie. Oh, me too, brother. And it's the same thing with the Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant. They're, uh, they're creatures, you know, they're Ninja Mutant Turtles, baby, but yeah, they're, and, they're... And Jim Henson and with what they did. I mean, it was amazing. I mean, mm. you know, the technology really hadn't been used to that degree up to that point. They're almost reinventing the wheel. Yeah. And I think what they were able to do with, uh, the characters of the turtles is, Amazing, you know, having their heads retract, you know, in certain scenes and really make them the turtles that they are uh, in the fact that they're also ninja and how they had to move. And, you know, I mean, that movie deserves way more credit than it deserves. And I think it's a fucking masterpiece of a movie. Oh, yeah. Shout out Kevin Eastman, past guest of the Boombastic cast, friend of the show, like James Lorenz, doing it big, doing it big. Um, uh, I got for like more naturalistic, realistic creatures. I guess that might not, we should have got the definition of a creature, but like I said, I had some more realistic things like the insects, like one of my favorite films, Ants, which is fucking, you know, Donna Summers, I believe is in it. Rest in peace. Um, very cool flick. It's just these regular size ants, but they come in swarms and they really get you, get you. Um, it's their, their dig at a country club or something like that. If I remember correctly, they dig too deep into this hole where there's these ants. They come out, they start fucking people up. Um, the most, um, I've seen this on television. When I think of horror movies, and you might not think ants is a horror movie, but when I think of like some of the biggest scares that stuck with me from way, way, way back. You know, we're talking about error of like when the Wizard of Oz is like the Wicked Witch face sticks with you because it's scary. Um, there's a visual in Ants of a kid collecting bottles in the dumpster and the ants crawling there with him. And then they have this shot of him like running and then jumping into a pool and he's just covering ants. It looks like they fucking, he rolled in a... Uh, like glue and jimmies, like you as a fucking after dinner treat. And, uh, they show him and he runs and he just dies. He can't do it. They bite him too much. He's dead. Uh, you familiar with ants, Bill? You've seen ants, right? I saw it many, many years ago. It's been so yeah. long. I actually saw it. I remember, I remember sitting in my grandfather's kitchen. Yeah. I woke up. It was Saturday. Creature double feature WLBI 56. It was ants, and then following that was Empire of the Ants with yes. Joan Collins, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I remember, I was young, but I haven't seen it in probably over 30 years. Yeah. 
Yeah, dude, answers good times. And I, I, I seen it on TV and it always stuck with me. And I say, I, I chased down the DVD of it maybe in the last 10 years. And, uh, now I have that copy of it. I chased down that and I got Tarantula, which I know is a film that you, you're, you appreciate too, which is the same thing. I have a big appreciation for Jack Arnold. Um, I think, I mean, I really don't talk about my favorite directors of yesteryear. But good. Jack, good. Jack Arnold's definitely in there. I very think great. Tarantula is uh, a very underappreciated movie. I think it's so weird because I how they use acromegalia, mm. which is a real medical condition, and basically like I don't know, like you, and that's a science fiction element. They have this jar. It's like okay, this will create growth. Yeah. And for the tarantula, that works, and all the other things that are going on. The makeup, when that guy, when the doctor starts mutating, um, that makeup scared the shit out of me when I was yeah. Um And acromegalia is uh, as horrible as it is. I mean, there are some actors that who had amazing and illustrious careers, you know, because of the mugs that they had. Yeah, yeah. Fred Gwynn, um, Herman Munster. Um you know, Andre the Giant. Yeah. Um, and uh Maniac Cup. Rob, well Robert Sadar had had cherubism, which is oh. the overdevelopment of the cheeks. Oh, okay. Rondo Hatton. Um Rondo, yeah. The Creeper, I think, just doesn't get you know, he's 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 getting more love now. The fact that there's an award named after him. But I think that he was probably forgotten. Unfortunately, for unfortunately, a, yeah, a, a long time. But I, I think, even though it's not a creature and it's not a makeup, but it's this performance and how he can play something so sinister and creepy. I, um, I think Rondo Hatton is kind of in a strange category of his own, yeah. where he can almost be his own creature. Sure, but it doesn't. But it didn't need the makeup of Jack Pierce. Yeah. He doesn't, but it's, it's a plus. So, what do you think? And what else you got? You got any other any more on your list? That's pretty much uh, my list of uh, without going too deep dive. We're gonna do a couple volumes of this probably. For me, uh, the Deadly Spawn, classic, good pick. Um, I think the creatures are just. It's, I mean, it, it, it's probably one of the greatest DIY filmmaking stories of all time. You know, yeah. I mean, it was made for like fourteen thousand dollars. No, I'm or like it was made for. I'm sorry, uh, it was made. It was made incredibly cheap. Yeah, yeah. But a big chunk of it went to the special makeup because you know that's the materials were needed. Yeah, and it took like over two years to make. Um, but it just you know they shot on weekends, and the fact that you know they had the Hilda the, the uh, famous Hildebrand family, who you know the father, uh, I think Frank Hildebrand did all the posters for the Star Wars movies. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, I think the movie had a lot just of lucky variables that were just working at the same time. I think it just presented itself as one of the greatest uh, homegrown horror movies. I dig that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Then Return to of the Deadly Spawn as well, right? Well, there's Metamorphosis, which is kind of an unofficial sequel. Um, Isn't there one called Return of the Deadly Spawn? I have a VHS with that on it. Return of the Deadly Spawn is actually... A third one? 
No, the, 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 it's it's the Deadly Spawn. It was just a different title. Oh, interesting. But <laughs> the um, Metamorphosis was considered the unofficial sequel to the Deadly Spawn. I don't think there was a third, though. I don't believe I'd be wrong, but I don't think there is. Were they trying to reboot that not too long ago? Um. Well, the director passed away, Doug uh, McEwen. I want to say maybe about two years ago, um, but that was the last bit of news I heard about the Deadly Spawn. Was he trying to get something going before he passed? I know a lot of filmmakers try and get you know try and get new projects going. And uh, I do remember hearing grumblings, you know, of them trying to, you know, want to do a um, a remake of it. Like, um, like, yeah. I don't know if they would have thrown a lot of money at it and, you know, it would have been something different. But I don't know. There's just something about the whole homegrown horror DIY filmmaking. I just love, or actually one movie that it's inc- another one like the deadly spawn is, um, the suckling. Okay. Are you familiar with that one, Maddie? I am familiar with that. Yeah, I got a. I believe I have that. They, they, they that was given a different name as well. But I believe I got that. No, I, I'm thinking of the nesting. I think the suckling. The creature doesn't deserve to be in that movie because oh, it looks really? that good. Um, it's this weird movie. It's very trauma esque. But not, but the fact that there's this brothel slash um, uh, abortion clinic, uh, it's just this bizarre story. And, you know, this creature is aborted and it comes back and kills everyone in this brothel. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's nuts. But it's the creature stuff is really good. Yeah. And the guy wearing the suit is actually Michael Green Gold. Okay. Big yeah. fan of the Bombasticast. Yeah. Uh, edit, editor in chief of Fangoria, I believe, at one point. And just oh, yeah. a, very much a, a horror cultural luminary. Yeah, good dude. Good dude. Was he on the Bombasticast? No, no. He's just a big fan. One day we'll let him on. You know what I mean? Uh, we'll, we'll see. I think so. I think it might happen for him. We'll see how it goes. Stays active enough, you know. I I think the, um, not to go on too much longer. How how long how, how long have we been going, Maddie? We're gonna be right. Uh, we're probably pushing uh, wrap up time. Yeah, because I think uh, we've been a little over an hour. We regularly go for like an hour, hour and a half. Yeah, because one thing I definitely wanted to mention, I think it's one of the greatest creatures of all time, because we wouldn't have creature effects if it wasn't for him, is the original King Kong. King Kong and Godzilla were both on my list, but I didn't get into them. I think people, I mean, we wouldn't know creatures and visual effects if King Kong didn't come about. Yeah. King Kong is, I think, a very important movie, um, just to show what could be done with opticals. And he's such a well-realized visual effect that um, you cry because of his performance when he dies. Oh, yeah. He can emote. And I think the dinosaurs in that movie were some of the most terrifying dinosaurs I've ever seen. The jungles in that movie were some of the most beautiful jungles I've ever seen. Sure. 
Oh, I love I love King Kong. Classic. It's nineteen thirties version. I even enjoy fucking Peter Jackson's King Kong. You know? Now the eighties version, that's a different story, but now that one's alright, I guess. Rick Baker's work does stand alone, but you know, there are some other variables that I think were a little just wow. gorgeous. Yeah. Charles Grodin just wanna punch the motherfucker. Well, that's usual. That's his vibe. Charles Grodin always had that kind of. I can, you know, all I can think, you know, you think of Charles Grodin, you think of. I don't know which one's bigger. I guess depending on the generation, you got Midnight Run with De Niro. Mm -hmm. You've got Clifford. I fucking love that movie. With fucking what's his, and then you have Beethoven, of course, which I think Beethoven might be his most biggest film. Because it's a family film, and those get a little bigger because it's a bigger audience for him. Steve Miner. Yes, yes, yes. From Friday the 13th fame, working his way over into the old uh, kids' films. It's very good. Directing Friday 2 to Beethoven. Yeah, you can't go wrong. That's why, the, you know, the, the, the kid that was in Beethoven, the brother that was from Step by Step, he was like a... He was the perfect, in a couple more years, he would have been a perfect person for Jason to slash up with a machete. Mark from Step by Step, the nerdy one. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. Much love to him, though. He'd be a good guest for the cast. And I like anything with Stanley Tucci. Oh, dude, Stanley Tucci's pretty good sometimes. You know what I mean? Oh, my God, he's the best. I was thinking of him the other night, The Lovely Bones. He's fucking incredible in The Lovely Bones. That might be his best thing, I think. I love him in that. He's such a creep. It's ridiculous. He's so good. I mean, you know, he he, he can play anything. He'd be a real chameleon. For sure. He, he, He definitely, he's a dude that they put him in a weird position where he could have been looked at like with with better better maybe I don't know better better role choices he almost could have been a Philip Seymour Hoffman not not to somebody overdosed in a coffin but a highly respectable actor that you know carries films as, as the leading man into theaters into award shows into the Oscars you know what I mean and I like Stanley Tucci and he's done some good stuff but I do think that. You know, I don't know. He made the the right decision for the roles he wanted to play, but I feel like uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe they weren't offered to him, but maybe they were, and he didn't pick them, didn't choose the right roles. Speaking of roles, that buttered. That reminds me of um, buttered sausage. Buttered sausage. Buttered sausage. No, but one of Gary Busey's favorite creatures is. He likes them. He likes designing them puppets from the Puppet Master series. Gary Busey's favorite creature is that creature that shows up in the mirror where he doesn't take his medication. He goes, like, "Who's that fucking I, guy?" I, I, I look like a ginger dead man. Maybe, uh, who knows? Maybe the Puppet Master guy. Maybe he'll make a movie with me as a a pissed off cookie. I wonder how much he was paid for that film because talk about I would love to I would love to talk to him and ask that question, but you gotta ask it last because that could be the last question you get out of him. <laughs> I don't know if he's proud of the ginger dead man. 
Um, something tells me not so much. Ginger Dead Man's one of those things when they're like, hey, Gary, we're just letting you know uh, this is the last notice. You know, you're going to move out tomorrow. And, you know, don't take anything with you because we're going to be selling that off to pay the money you owe. And, uh, and Gary's getting ready to hang himself up like fucking. I actually Sh- know. Shawshank Redemption style. Charlie talks yeah. about he, 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 he has a Gary Busey story that. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I'm sure. And he's probably respectful because. No, know, I mean, he, he was respectful. Gary was cool to do a full moon movie realistically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I so he can't be that bad. He can't be that mean to Gary because realistically, no, exactly. I'm trying to think of a bigger star than Gary Busey that's ever appeared in a full moon film. Tommy Chong? No, nah, I think Gary Busey. <laughs> you see, then you go into a weird territory of who's more well known. Well, Tom, you know, Cheech and Chong is more known than all of them, but Tommy Chong himself is tied into it. But Gary Busey never dies. And it Leslie, be, uh, Le- Leslie Jordan? I mean, yeah, close, but I think that I think that uh, I still think. Yeah, because no, even Minnie Me, Minnie Me would did a full moon movie, didn't he? He had to have. I don't think he did. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of people that got their starts in full moon that went on to become award winners. Figured, but yeah, I, I yeah. But I can't think of like back. any like award winners that would stepping back go back. But yeah. I think you're right. I think Busey might be like the big i mean yeah he's he an academy a, award winner he wanted for buddy holly the buddy holly yeah. story no you're right because i couldn't remember if he was nominated for that or if he won for that but you're right he did win for it i remember that denzel washington was gonna do fucking toxic bomb seven or something like that the token bomb the token fucking bong what's Damn. the bong one What's the weed bong? What's the, oh, the the evil bong? Evil series? bong. Yeah, I heard Denzel Washington was doing the new evil bong film, but he might have uh, pulled out last minute. Come on, he did. actual obligations. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure the the evil bong would have been like, you know, I'm the almighty EB, the evil bong, and E-B. you can't get me. And then Denzel walks in, he's like, "Come on, EB, don't you be playing me like that." I know what you did to me. You know what you did. I just got you fucked up the day before yesterday. I gave you a killer high. Yeah. No, I'm back. And I'm going to smoke your ass. Training day style. Training day. You want to get wet? Hey, you want to get wet? What do you think you did over there? (laughs) Probably says, you want to get paid? You want to get paid? That's what he said to Gary. Met Gary at Rock and Shock years ago. Uh, very grumpy individual. One of those people that if you don't address them the right way, it's a bad conversation. Which you're as a convention dude, you know. Oh, I know. I mean, I had people. a, I had a moment with his son the night prior before I, I remember met. Remember him. We'll close up the show with this story, actually. Sure. You know what I mean, Rock and Shock style. Take yeah, good old Rock and Shock. Uh, Christ, me over over five years ago, less than ten years ago, yeah. Gary and his son Jake were both there. Um, I remember I the convention finished up, went next door to the bar uh, there at Uno's, and um, just sat down at the bar. And uh, right next to me was Jake Busey, 
and just, you know, started shooting the shit, just started talking. I was like, so how was your day? You know, he's like, oh, it was good. Good. And he was like, you know, are you a vendor? And I'm like, you know, I saw you walking around like, you know, so we just had a few drinks, you know, bullshitted. And then all of a sudden he gets like a check for like over $500. You know, I mean, it was a pretty pricey little thing. And uh, apparently the people who gave the check to Gary were the cast from the three guys from the human centipede. Yeah. Apparently they ranked up a little bit of a bill and they said, Oh, Busey will take care of it. Jake Busey, not Gary. Yeah. Yeah. Karma caught up with all those people, I think. Yeah. So apparently they headed out. And as soon as it came over, I'm sitting right there and he was like, what the fuck? And he throws the thing down and he looks at me and he, and I look at him and I'm like, you go to the front door. I'll go to the hotel. It's where you're going to see if we can find these fucks. Yeah. Get the thing back at them. Nothing came of it, but the next day, apparently, I guess it was all rectified before, before the end of the convention. I wonder if he had to go to some higher ups and be like, yo, these people did this bullshit because we never seen any of those, those human centipede people ever again after that. Maybe they were, uh, it's kind of, you know, you fuck around, you find out type stuff. It's kind of, um, stupid to do that to somebody. Yeah. I mean, unfortunate, you know, it's, uh, especially abusey. You don't know how they're going to act. You could fucking come stab you with utensils. Yeah, well, the last person you want to piss off at all, I mean, are any of the BUCs, because he just... Gary was there, and Gary was there that weekend. He could have been... No, no, he was. Yeah, because the next day, right before I went over to talk to Gary, I, I went past Jake, and I said, what happened with last night? And he's like, it, it all, you know, it, it's already all worked out. I'm like, okay, good, you know, because I just felt like how... I could see how frazzled you were, you know, before I, you know, so, you know, because when, when we left yeah. that night. And, um, Gary, Gary killed the lady. Yeah. And wounded the, the other yeah. two gentlemen. Yeah. The buttered sausage. I, that's what I thought she was. And I go over and I actually meet Gary and I'm like, Hey, how you doing? You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of your work and, you know, uh, his handler, uh, I've known for years, the pivot convention, Bill Phil, Phil but who, oh, yeah. I believe went on to become a director. I think so. I think yeah. so. And um Bill just had this look on his face like say not like say me, but it's just like this is what I'm stuck with. Yeah. And um I I, I just I couldn't say anything because I just <laughs> I wanted to laugh but I couldn't. I'm like, oh man, I feel sorry for for you. But I just couldn't say anything and I'm like and Gary was literally drooling on the table. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, you know, I was going to shake his hand. He just looked up at me and just, just kind of passed him. I'm like, all right. <clears throat> and, and he was, yeah. <laughs> he was very spacey when I seen him, yeah. But, I mean, he could be, I mean. Kevin Spacey. He, he didn't have the greatest reputation for a little bit there uh, because, I don't know, it seems like Gary got a little touchy-feely. But, I've heard about that before, yeah. Yeah, but it, it seems like everything was, you know. Figure it out, figure it out. Figure it out, yeah, and just able to. Paid off. The right people were paid off. It's all good. It's all good. They were yeah. given free passes for next year. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> but, yeah, hell yeah. That was a good story, Bill. I love that story. Rock and Shock, I don't know when people are going to be hearing this. If it's uh, still in the month of February of the year 2025, hasn't happened yet. I believe on the 25th. 
at the Dead of Autumn Film uh, Horror Fest in Worcester, Massachusetts. You can come come down and see all us folks there. Special treatment is screening, having its Massachusetts premiere, and uh, a whole bunch of other films. And I think we're going to be boosted up so you can come by, get some merch, talk about the boom back, the car, talk about the dead kid, Derek, you know, blood and bud. Uh, you guys, you guys have your own booth, right? Blood and Bud got their own booth, maybe. Um, well, no, I'm, I'm going to be, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be. I thought I was going to be securing it this weekend, but um, the in the month of February or, or early on, we will be securing a booth. All right, cool beans. So, if anybody, if it if it hasn't happened yet, and you're out there in the area and you want to get out and see see your folks from Boombastic. Uh, we'll be at that event. We got a couple more events coming this year. We've been talking to the boys about, uh, trying to get back on the road a little bit, get back out there, spread the sickness and, uh, in a good way, the good sickness, the love sickness. You know what I mean? Uh, love me, love me, say that you love, love me. me. Hold me, hold me. Don't ever stop. That's right. That's right now. Well, Billy, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. It's always a pleasure being here. That's what I like to hear. Well, everybody out there, if you're listening, you enjoyed this show, go listen to more shows wherever you heard this one at. Uh, if you're looking to get a little deeper into it, we have the Patreon page. Anybody looking to support a little with the financial side, that's Boombastic Streaming with two O's on that Boombastic. And it's our kind of little streaming site. You get all our podcasts and uncut videos. You have a all our films are up there for your watching. You know, we got a bunch of cool shtick. We do some exclusive stuff. It's fun up there. We have two tiers, the $5, the $10. There's even a $20 tier because we know that's what everybody likes to pay. And uh, there's even a couple extra special things on there if you like the Boombastic cast. So definitely go check out the, the, the Boombastic streaming Patreon page, bruh. And, uh, yeah, and if you can't find it, Go to the social medias. It's usually linked somewhere there. But we appreciate y'all listening. We hope you had fun. Billy Coin, thanks again. We'll see you soon. Everybody get out there. You need to listen to Billy Coin's The Dead Kids of Derry podcast. Uh, and also Blood and Bud, where you can talk about ganja and horror movies, all types of good stuff. Uh, both shows, very fun. Very fun. And for the family, you know what I mean? Family shows, so go to support. And now with that being said, have a good one. We'll talk to you all soon on the next episode of the Boombastic Cast. And if you see Alex in his travels in Vegas, you see Alex's head poking out of the sand, maybe owe some people some money, be a friend, reach down and pull him out of the sand, you know what I mean? Be a buddy. Would you be a pal? Would you be a pal? We'll catch y'all on the next episode of the Boombastic Cast. Be excellent, everyone. Be excellent to yourselves and each other. 